It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another off-season edition of Straight Facts. I'm Jake Galley, joined by my guy, Stat Matt Robinson, presented as always by the Up On Game Network. You should be following them, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok. I'm actually not sure if they have a TikTok. Anywhere that they are, you guys should be following them. But uh, Matt, my guy, what's going on? Uh, Nick Castellanos hit a home run the day after Vin Scully died, so we just need to have a tragic death and Castellanos will play up to the contract. That's like a great villain origin story is like Philadelphia fan becomes super villain to make sure Nick Castellanos continues to hit. That's, I think, where Mm -hmm. my life is heading soon. But today we have uh, a continuation of what we did last episode, looking at the key additions in the NFC. Today is going to be the AFC uh, important asterisks. You can add Russell Wilson's breakdown from last week into this week. Just just imagine that it happened this week. Um, but we still, in lieu of that, uh, jokes aside, do have a lot of great signings to talk about. And we'll start with the move that the Bills made. And it's so long ago, I think some people may have forgotten about it. But Von Miller is a bill, okay? He got paid a whole load of money to go to Buffalo and now manned what was the number one defense um, in the NFL last year in terms of points allowed. Matt, what does this bring to the Bills they didn't already have? Uh, From a negative perspective, it's a ticking clock because that contract is going to be fine this year and maybe next year, but you signed a 33-year-old to that much money and that many, like, was it five years? Uh, it was six years, six 120 years. million. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's That's just, that's going to be really brutal for cap situations when they're trying to build three years from now. But on the positive side, this is a guy who had two sacks in, his, in the Super Bowl last year. He was the Super Bowl MVP. He is a big game monster. And if you're look, just looking at it from the Bills' perspective, the one thing they didn't have in the playoffs last year was a proven playoff defender that can shut down a great player like Mahomes. And that's why they lost. And they saw Von Miller have two sacks in the Super Bowl, and they said, that's our guy, pay him any price. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I guess Von Miller would still be considered a game wrecker, somewhere, someone who, if you're not paying attention to could really upend your game plan. But it, it like when I started to dig into the stats, I think it was a little bit of a head scratcher. But given the context of like, they don't really, I mean, they have Greg Rousseau who comes off the edge, uh, who's, who's talented. They have Ed Oliver, who's more of a inside guy, also pretty talented. But like, 
I mean, you could, if you are a defensive coordinator, you can manufacture pressure without having this game record type guy. And, and they did. I mean, when you look at Buffalo, they were number one in quarterback pressure percentage in the NFL. But when you look at the sacks and how often they're converting, they only convert, they, they have the 12th most sacks in the NFL. So that's a, that's a big step down. So I think you add in Von Miller now, and that's someone who you really don't have to get creative with. How do we get after the quarterback? The answer is we let Von Miller pin his ears back and try and get around the edge all, all day. Um, so from that angle, like, I guess I don't know where the Bills ranked before this move for you coming into the year, but after the Von Miller move, does it move the needle in terms of overall, like how you view them as a team? Honestly, I was gearing up to make them my Super Bowl pick, but then everyone else made them their Super Bowl pick. So when you, I never pick the team that everyone else is picking. So I'm not going to pick the Bills. So like that's it's not a rational decision. I know we're straight facts, and the facts are that this makes uh, this is a good move for the Bills in the next two years. Um, it improves them. Um, the AFC is just really good. So, but I think Von Miller's stats last year are actually misleading because I think I think his first four games in LA really hurt him. He was learning the system on the fly. And he didn't have a sack the first four games he played there. But once he developed in, the last eight games he played, including the four playoff games, he had one sack, then one sack, then two sacks, then one sack, then one sack, then one sack, then no sacks, then two sacks. So that's that's uh, nine sacks in the last eight games. Um, so even though he's 32, he's still putting up great production. That's actually pretty shocking. Like, and you look at Von Miller's stats and he obviously is known to be one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. But even last year, like, as you said, maybe it was the initial stint in LA that made it seem like he had a quiet year. He still put in nine and a half sacks last year. Like that is a a career best for 90% of the league. Um, So yeah, they, they add a really talented player in Von Miller uh, and I, I think it's it's interesting because the division itself is somewhat defensive oriented. I mean, I think if you look, you know, around all those four teams, aside from maybe the Bills, and they obviously have one of the they have one of the best offenses and defenses, so it's hard. But like Patriots lean on their defense. Um, Dolphins definitely lean on their defense. Jets don't have a good offense, so by default they lean on their defense. So. It's going to be interesting, and I wonder if that played into the decision at all to bring in Von Miller. But someone else who was focused on defense staying uh, in that lane is the Los Angeles Chargers, someone who we have bantered about uh, time and time again, often on the offensive end. But now we need to focus on what they did on defense, bringing in Khalil Mack via trade. They sent a second and sixth rounder to Chicago for Khalil Mack. And then J.C. Jackson, uh, they paid $82.5 million over five years, stole him away from New England. I feel like there, it, it would be a dumb question to say, what is this, what is this ad? Because obviously it's, it's two premium players. I, my question, I guess, is this then. Is this enough to put them into the upper echelon of the AFC? I really think so much of defense is scheme 
And it's really going to come down to whether Ronaldo Hill is a good defensive coordinator. There's nothing to say he isn't yet first job. He has a good relationship with Brandon Staley. They worked together in the past before. Um, he, um, he, and he's coming into a situation that can really be good for him just from a branding perspective for getting a job for himself in the future. Cause he took over a team that needs the defense to put the star quarterback in contention and he can do that. And he was handed Khalil Mack and JC Jackson. And the most surprising thing I learned about JC Jackson is that he, since 2018, so for, the last four years, he's been the second best man coverage cornerback in the NFL behind his former teammate, Stephon Gilmore. He, which I, he had a really good year last year. I know he gets a lot of interceptions, and a lot of interceptions before last season, I usually attributed to the fact that Gilmore was on the other side, so they'd throw to him. But this is a better move than I initially thought. I thought they kind of overpaid for him a little bit, I thought he'd get around 70 mil. But Jackson is a good, really good piece, and Cleo Mack is Cleo Mack, and everyone wants everyone talks about the fact, and I think it's wrong that the Chargers missed the playoffs and the tie whole thing in the week eighteen because they called a dumb timeout. the The Raiders didn't do anything different than they would have done whether they called a timeout or not. They would have ran the ball for eight yards because the Chargers couldn't stop the run, and what they got in Cleo Mack is one of the, the best or the second best pass rusher slash run defender in the NFL. Only him and TJ Watt had grades of 90, according to fo- pro football focus in those categories. Yeah. And it's a really salient point. The one you bring up about the fact that they could just any, and not just the Raiders, anyone could run on this defense last year, uh, 30th in rushing yards allowed, Third most missed tackles. I mean, it is a recipe for disaster when you're talking about the run game. And I think, you know, as you said, Khalil Mack, known for his pass rushing, but also just like like a guy who you cannot stay in front of, whether that is when you are running the football or whether that is when you are trying to throw the football. And I think like the butterfly effect of the Chargers not having a solid run defense is that now you're forcing your offense to play mistake-free football. Because if you do not, and you lose the possession battle against the other team, and they can run efficiently against you, you're screwed. They're going to run the clock out, and while they're doing it, they're going to gain a ton of yards. It's, like, it's, an, impo- it's an uphill battle. So I think you know we, we've talked at length, as I said, about Justin Herbert. What's it going to take? and James is keying in on the coach and the QB, really what I key in on is if they can have a top 10 defense, there's no reason that they cannot be a Super Bowl contender this coming year. Am I crazy to say that? You're forgetting that there's always the miscellaneous charger factor where they screw things up for things that don't make any sense. I did for you know what? I did forget about the lose the game in inexplicable fashion at the last second. Underrated... Underrated recent Charger factor moment is uh, when one of the last years they had Phil Rivers, they missed the playoff by like two by like a game, and they missed it because Young Way Koo missed like two field goals in the first two games of the season that were game winning field goals, and they wound up losing in overtime. And then they get rid of Young Way Koo, and now he's like the best kicker in the NFL. <laughs> Classic Chargers. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, it really well, behind is, Tucker. Obviously, everything has to be behind Tucker. But it, it is sickening to think. On one hand, I'm like, wow, it's 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 really tough being a Chargers fan. And then on the other hand, you realize there's not many of them, so the pain is minute compared to that of other fan bases. Um, like if they had fans, there'd be all these like stories about how are Chargers fans dealing with the fact that the other team in their city won the Super Bowl. Because that'd be an interesting story, but they can't find any because there aren't any. (laughs) It's nuts that there is this, not to get too off track, but like Los Angeles is this magnet for teams. The Rams moved there. No one there was a Rams fan until the Rams moved there. Um, And if they were a Rams fan, they are very old. Uh, not, Not maybe the vocal part of your fan base. And then on the other hand, you have the Chargers who move there and then are the second best team. And like, there's no, re- like, I don't know. And they really were the two winners because Oakland was, or the Raiders, excuse me, were trying to get to Los Angeles as well. I don't, I personally don't understand the fascination. It's a big market, but like the fans aren't there. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I, I remember when the Rams made the Super Bowl in 2018. Um, there is a clip from an L.A. bar of Zerline's 57-yard field goal that sent him to the Super Bowl. And the fans were like, yay, we won! Like, to go to the Super Bowl. They're like, it was like they're acting like, it would be like if it, the Philadelphia level of that would be like the Phillies winning 3-1 to one on July 2nd against the Nationals. Like, that's like if you went to Xfinity Live, like, yeah, we won. That's like that's the level of reaction they had to when they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully, yeah. they they appreciated winning the Super Bowl uh, a couple yeah. years later. But I think I have doubts. Yeah, so do I. I think <laughs> uh, to truly be like an invested fan, you need to get burned a couple of times. Like you need to be completely all in, and then just have it ripped away from you at the least likely time. Which. Like we're building now that that as we said that's happened with law, with the Chargers a few times. So give it a couple of years. Los Angeles will have uh, a rabid fan base after all of the heartbreak. But another fan base that has been through a lot of pain and has had things ripped away from them is the Cleveland Browns. And while they're making the news right now for uh, other reasons, we're going to look at the on the field play of. The person that they acquired at quarterback, Deshaun Watson, as well as the star receiver, which uh, I feel like doesn't get a ton of press. Amari Cooper, one of the quieter big moves of the offseason, both going to the Browns. Cleveland sending three firsts, a third, two fourths for Watson, as well as sending a sixth. Uh, And then Cleveland also sent a fifth rounder and swapped sixth rounders with Dallas for Amari Cooper. I believe they paid him as well. So a star quarterback and a star wide receiver brought into one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL, fifth most uh, percentage of run plays in the NFL did the, did the Browns run. So I guess I, where I want to start here is looking into Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson is there and if he is not there, I think, you know, there, there, we, we, have gone on before about um, Deshaun Watson, maybe what he deserves uh, to be suspended or doesn't deserve to be suspended, deserve to be suspended. But I guess really what I want to look at is with Deshaun and without Deshaun, does this offense to you look different 
Um, in terms of the run-pass breakdown, do you think either way they're going to stick with the run game? How does it how does it change up? So the first thing I do think we have to talk about, just he's at least suspended for six games. Right. At least. NFL's appealing, trying to make it longer. The first six games, five of them are easy. The only hard one is the Chargers. And then it gets a little more. And the Patriots are, are like a decent test, too. Um, after that, it's it's a real NFL schedule. And that's when Watson potentially could be coming back. Um, Watson, when he plays, is an absolutely fantastic quarterback. He would be probably bottom end of top 10. But I really think with regardless of all the stuff that's happening, which is why he got suspended, he quit on his team. Because he just, he, well, the Texans, there's a lot of reasons to not want to play for the Texans. And he quit on his team and refused to play. And if you're a quarterback, I like, I, I kind of have to question that. And I have to question how teammates would react to it if they are, say, they're, they struggle, they go two and four, and he comes back and they lose the first game. And the offensive line is a rough game. He gets sacked a bunch. And is he, how he's going to handle it? Cause he's in a really tough situation um, that he put himself into. Um, so I don't have any sympathy for it, but that he, that it's making, it's not like, Oh, it's we're getting 2018 Deshaun Watson as our quarterback. So, but the potential is there for them to be uh, to win the division for the first time since they came back to Cleveland. Yeah. And I think so today it, it just, just to reiterate what you said, uh, today, the NFL did come out saying they're going to appeal um, what the third party had decided would be the suspension. My guess, and this has no reporting, this is also just pure conjecture, my guess is they're probably going to try and give him close to a full season, at which point Jacoby Brissett would become QB number one, which is common fare for Cleveland Brown quarterback history. Um, fits right in. But... Really, like, like I think, off-the-field stuff aside, I wonder, A, if and when Deshaun Watson comes back, what Deshaun Watson are we getting? I mean, the guy hasn't played in a while. Uh, injury or no injury, I mean, it, it, it weighs on someone's ability when you are not sharpening the iron 24-7. How much has he been focusing on football? Exactly. Probably not any, like, not much at all. You would have to imagine not much at all, even though... I mean, he doesn't straight strikes me as someone who sympathy may belie him, but like overall, like if I'm a Browns, someone in the Browns front office and I'm saying, what are we going to get out of this this year? Now let's consider without Deshaun. Let's just say Deshaun or no Deshaun, what can we expect? Your offense now comprises of Donovan or Jonathan People Jones, Donovan People Jones and Amari Cooper, as well as Njoku, Kareem Hunt, Chubb. They still have a really competent offensive line. How good can my team be, regardless of who's at quarterback? Because that's kind of how they built it, and that's kind of how they've, they've ran it. Like, in lieu of quarterback, we're still going to be okay. They had a, media, they had a rough QB year last year, like because of Baker had a rough year, and they went 8-9. and nine. So if you it's a, it's an you can do like the lazy easy math problem if you make uh, below average quarterback into very good quarterback eight and nine goes to twelve and five or whatever. 
But I, I don't think it's that simple because I think other teams are getting better too. But if the uh, the the upside of football wins that the Browns, if there, it's a it's such a wide range. Like if everything goes right, they can win a lot of games. But I just think it's such a it's all it's impossible to predict how because this is as much as we like to talk about stats these people are people and people have like people they have to deal with 53 man roster and they all have to work together. Yeah. And I, I, you make a good point. Like you said last year, uh, eight and nine, you can add a good quarterback and boost that up most likely. And I think they're in a, in a pretty good spot, even without Watson, even if it is Brissett. Because you've taken a step forward talent-wise in your wide receiver room compared to, compared to last year. And your defense, if you can get the same production out of them, was one of the better defenses in terms of yards allowed in the NFL. Fifth least yards allowed, um, as well as, especially against the pass, um, third least net yards gained per pass attempt. So... They had something. I mean, they've got talented pass rushers. And, I mean, really, I wonder if we don't look back, if, if Deshaun Watson does get a full year and then comes back and is bad. I wonder if we don't look back and look at that acquisition as one of the worst trades of all time. Because it could potentially, if this does not pan out, be that. Three first-rounders you give up, as well as three other picks on top of that for a guy who doesn't play and then is bad. I don't know. Can you think of a worse, a worse? And they got, and they got, they got quoted that they want to move on from Baker because they want a grown up at quarterback. That's such a, that's such a, that's so, it's appalling that you would say that and then get Watson. (laughs) It is honestly, the more I, the more things change, Matt, the more they stay the same incompetence from Cleveland in the NFL. Uh, I'll just say there's a famous quote. Um, from an anonymous NFL um, uh, GM. It was from the, the 90s. Um, and they're talking about like players with like bad histories. And I said, if Hannibal Lecter could run a 4-3-40, we'd call it an eating disorder. <laughs> that is maybe the, the perfect embodying of the NFL. Um, because ultimately, like the play on the field does win out over anything, anything else. Um, and that's something that's been proven over and over again. But I will say I am encouraged by the NFL stepping in. I didn't even know the NFL could appeal something like that. And they're going to try and go heavier on the suspension for Deshaun Watson. I think that's a pretty good look for the league. That's likely why they did it this way so that they can play the role of good guy versus trying to make a decision that pleases all parties. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and obviously, We'll be talking about it as it happens here on Straight Facts, but let's move things along down to uh, down south, down to Florida. Tyreek Hill, the man who would rather have Tua over Patrick Mahomes, is the probably the headliner, I'd say, of this offseason um, in terms of shockers. Out of nowhere, he was out, up and out of KC. KC brings in a first, a second, and a fourth rounder uh, in the in the past draft that just happened, as well as a fourth and a sixth in next year's draft. Um, worth noting, Kansas City did 
go with um, kind of a, a approach, a committee approach in replacing him with Marquez Valdez Scant- Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster, Sky Moore. And we'll have time to talk about Kansas City in a separate episode. But Matt, let's talk about our guy to a T. How does this change both Fortua and the Dolphins offense approach into next year? I really think the Dolphins, if Tua progresses to what they hope he can be from a realistic point, being like, uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is such an easy guy to just say, but Kirk Cousins level quarterback is like, if he's a two is that, then they will be a good team. Um, but honestly, with the whole, with the tampering sanctions, they can't build anymore. They lost all their draft picks when trading for Tyreek Hill. And then they lost two more draft picks because they tampered trying to get Brady. So, and they didn't even get him, which, and the, the Dolphins are like an underrated, really bad franchise over the, since the Marino retirement. They haven't won a playoff game since, I think, 2000. Um, they have never been contending at all. There's never been a season in our, me and you's football memory where like, oh, wow, the Dolphins are like 12 and four. What a season. It's just like, hey, they're like nine and seven, 10 and six. They might squeak in. It's like, and the fact that they actually are building with a young quarterback that you may or may not like, I'm not that high on him. Um, and they got a superstar wide receiver and they just missed the playoffs last year. And then you lose the ability to build around them. They'll, I think they can, they'll, they can improve, but it's just like, they just got a hard stop. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point um, about the sanctions and how it kind of changes things. It definitely hurts their their optionality and mobility in terms of determining if, hey, look, two is not the guy. Maybe we have some assets to go get the guy. That is less so the case now. Um, also, just to, just to put a, a fact to what you said, 1990 was the last time the Dolphins won more than 11 games. Not to say 11 wins isn't like a, a good season. That is. But I think like 12 wins is really the threshold of like, you were dominant. This you year. were very good. Yeah. Right. So it's the middle, since the middle of Marino's career. Um, but Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe our guy Tua turns out to be the second coming and he just needed some weapons. Um, speaking of 25th in air yards per attempt last year was Tua 27th. When you look at passes, traveling, 20 or more yards. So I know he hit back a little bit today at reporters and the media um, because the Dolphins finally got an on-time deep ball to Tyreek to post. So now two is allowed to talk his crap. But I I just, I wonder, you know, are are the things about the arm actually going to matter? Like, I think that it's such a fascinating... This year's Dolphins will be a fascinating case study on how much physical talent matters versus headiness. Because I believe Tua knows the game pretty well. I would like to think that he's he can think through the game pretty well. My take on his issue is that he just can't fit a ball in in, into a box, you know, 20, 30 yards downfield. So I guess if if, I, I know that we talked before about Tua. Um, and the expectations for him coming into the year. If you had to guess on 
a Tua stat line. I know this is like really abstract, but a Tua stat line on the at the end of the year. I again, I'm really high on him, so I would say he's. I you want to hear a bold take? I would say Tua throws 30 touchdowns or more this year. I would say he throws 30 touchdowns or more this year. That probably hasn't happened since Marina by an offense quarterback either. <laughs> um, yeah. I would so. So two attack available last year, 16 touchdowns, 10 picks in 12 games. You extrapolate that to a full season. That's uh, about like 22 and 10. So I'll go um, or 22 and like 14 or whatever. Um, I'll probably go to will throw. 20 touchdowns. I think he's going to cut down his picks. Nine picks. Uh, passer rating of 94. Wow. I mean... Right smack like, dab average. Right. I was about to say, that's that's very ho-hum. That's pretty much what he's been. Um, I mean, high completion percentage, but overall just not a ton of like moving the chains going on. I, f- I found this stat a little eye-popping to what has been going on in the Miami offense. They had the seventh most passing attempts last year, but were 17th in yards and 20th in touchdowns. So that's like, talk about like banging your head into a brick wall. Like that is, I, I just don't understand how they thought running to a tee and throwing him for 30 to 40 times a game was going to get there. Um, but I just think like adding, we talk about Tyreek Hill, what he brings, talk about Jalen Waddle taking a step, which by listening to the things coming out of that camp, apparently they already had Tyreek Hill. They didn't need to trade for him. It was Jalen Waddle. So I think like, you can't trust anything coming out of camp. I know. Well, <laughs> but at, at true last year, Brian Edwards was called a mix of Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. So like, this is true, but at the same time, Sometimes it's just a precursor to like what you're at, what it actually is. Like, oh man, like we just like Brees Hall, for example, is he's going to be a monster. Like he probably will be. He was a highly drafted running back, you know. Like if it's true, they'll tell you, but you won't be able to know because they'll say seven other things that are just ridiculous. Which is why I think the eye test is important, um, especially as you said when applying it to things coming out of training camp. But I, like get, getting back to. To getting back to Tyreek Hill, the inefficiency I think will improve. They'll be more efficient in 2022 now that they have a better weapon in Tyreek Hill and um, an explosive. Like I, I know I, I really probably hype Raheem Mostert up too much, but I think he gets. I think because he was in that system in San Fran, he doesn't get his just due. Like, the dude is one of the most explosive backs in the NFL. You find him open space, and he can really hurt you. Uh, McDaniels, the head coach there, knows that better than anyone having worked with him in San Fran. So, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I will be crazy, but I personally think the Dolphins are in for a much improved year in 2022. And we're going to move on now to the last big acquisition. And as we've gone on, I've realized I've said, like, this is the biggest one. Oh, no, this is the biggest one. 
this could be the biggest one. I don't know. It depends on who you would rather have at wide receiver. But Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first and second round pick. What does it do for the Raiders that they didn't already have? It finally gives Derek Carr an explosive receiver. Um, He hasn't had that since Amari Cooper. And that's unfair to Devontae Adams because Amari Cooper is really good. Devontae Adams is a Hall of Famer in his prime, which um, is the thing every quarterback will want. Maybe a left tackle is more, but Devontae Adams, he must have been like thanking Jesus that uh, they got Devontae Adams. The only 1,000-yard receiver the Raiders have had since they let, they got rid of Amari Cooper was Hunter Renfro last year, and that doesn't really count because that's like a 17-game extra. <laughs> like And like, so, and Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the football, uh, one of the best receivers in football last two years just by All-Pro. First team All-Pro, two years in a row. Um, that means... There wasn't. There may have been one receiver better than him. So I don't think you can undersell how good Devontae Adams is. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of people. I play dynasty fantasy football, so it's a lot of like long, long views of players. And one person who I thought, who I, I it appears that I am in the minority in thinking this, but one person who I think is really going to benefit. Obviously, Derek Carr, but beyond that, Darren Waller, who had been kind of that vertical threat that you alluded to. Yeah, granted. I meant wide receiver. He, he right. yeah, not right because Waller's been very good. But it's it's different though. It definitely yeah. is different as a tight end. You're usually working more in the middle of the field as opposed to um, along the sidelines. But Waller, granted, he was hurt a lot last year, banged up. Did not have a very good year. His catch percentage dropped by 14%. His yards per game dropped by 14. Like it, it was it was some ugly stuff for Darren Waller last year. Um, but I think this year he can kind of go back to that uh, not unknown. Now, like people are going to game plan, teams will game plan with him in mind still. He's still the same player that he's been in years past. But you know, in the first couple years of his breakout, it was a run run heavier Raiders team with this tight end who could really get up and down the field. Now, if you have Devontae Adams shifting coverages that way, you're really going to have a tough time staying and, and slanting your, your coverage in the defensive backfield towards Waller. So for me, that's the big winner here. Um, obviously, Derek Carr and the Raiders fans are, are the really big winners because they're going to have an extremely exciting brand of football. Um, we've already kind of gone over where we think they are divisionally. I guess big picture for the Raiders. How many wins would you forecast for them? And then where do you think that earns them seeding wise in the, in the conference? They go eight and nine. They miss the oh, playoffs. That's right. That's right. I forgot. I but forgot. No, the thing with the, I, I just looked through this. It's impossible. The AFC is so difficult there's only four teams that i think are gonna stink and like usually i can pick like a lot more but there are 12 teams like if they, if you told me i think they're gonna win the division i wouldn't i wouldn't say like i might be a little surprised but i wouldn't say you don't know football the only teams like i'm crossing off now like from the jump are the jets the steelers the texans and the jaguars that's it 
So that's 12 teams for Seahawks, seven spots. You should, you should cross off. Uh, oh, are you you're specifically talking about AFC? AFC. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's just 12 teams for seven slots. So all every every AFC team we talk about, how much does this improve them? How much does it improve them? When you when two teams play, there's only one winner. Yeah. So <laughs> No, it's it's a good point. Um looking through their schedule, like you talk about bad teams like really the only objectively bad teams that i can pick out are the texans you say the jags i actually am i'm i'm kind of high not high but i'm higher than than years past yeah they might the- go five and twelve <laughs> <laughs> i'm rooting for dougie p and trevor lawrence and travis Etienne. i would love them to shock the world but i gotta be realistic <laughs> okay okay so we'll add the jags for what it's worth so that's one two We'll call the the Seahawks a bad team. That's three. And that's it. Every other team could be a playoff team. Maybe the Steelers probably you could maybe say are closer to bad team than playoff team. But that's a competitive team. It's not like a rollover team like you had said, like some of the other ones. They're not they're not the three others. So right, realistically, they have three easy games when I, I don't I don't feel super comfortable saying easy with any NFL team, especially in the AFC. But we're going to be breaking this all down uh, as we get closer to the NFL season kicking off. Tomorrow we have the Hall of Fame game, so it's the first official uh, sign of life in this football season. Granted, no. We have a professional NFL game tomorrow. Players are being played to play NFL football. Not the starters that you want to see, but there are players who are being paid by the NFL to go out there. You are right. Uh, Before we get out of here, we uh, should get some shots up at the buzzer. Matt, do you have any uh, final words? I just have to say, if you come into a phone store complaining that your ex-boyfriend blocked you and then you yell at me, I'm going to be mean to you. And I'm going to understand why the ex-boyfriend blocked you. Wait a minute. <laughs> this, you're, you, was this today? You had an altercation? It was uh, yesterday. This woman comes in saying, how come I can't contact my ex-boyfriend, Kevin? Um, that's not his real name. Actually, it is his real name. I don't know his last name, so it doesn't, it's no doxing. <laughs> so, and so, well, it was like, well, I don't know why, like, he texted me, like, well, when you block someone, you can still text them, they just can't text you back, and she thought, well, did, I didn't accidentally block him, I was like, no, you didn't, I was, I'll say, I'll give her a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, I'll see if the phone's disconnected, maybe that's what happened, and so I called him from the store phone, and it rang, so it wasn't disconnected, so I thought, okay, he blocked you, nothing we can do, sorry, but then the problem happened is when he called the store because we called him and he wanted to know why we called. <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, sorry, we were just seeing if your phone was connected. And, it was like, and she was like, oh, give me the phone. And I was like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hang up. <laughs> so, so, so I hung up the phone because I was like, yeah, we can't, uh, we can't give you the store phone to call um, him if he's blocked you sorry and then she was <laughs> it was it was bad she was so mad at me um but that's I was like I really wanted to say this is why he got blocked but 
I didn't want to. You have impressive resolve. I may have just given her the phone to abscond myself from any any blame or part of the problem. No, just I, I can't do that to Kevin. <laughs> sure, honestly, Kevin is, yeah, he's an innocent bystander in this. Yeah. He thought he did all the right things to get out of harm's way. And yeah, that's actually mm-hmm. a good call there, Matt. Uh, there's so many things that, especially in the service or any sort of when you're dealing with customers face-to-face, that like, are just simply above your pay or not your problem above your pay grade, take your pick that you as the worker end up having to take the, the brunt for it's brutal. And Matt, I'm here to say you do not deserve that. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a rough money wise day yesterday. Everyone came in with tech issues, but still having a good month or nice. beginning of the month. So, um, so for my at the buzzer, truthfully, I don't have a ton going on in my life outside of work. Um, and I can't also, also on top of that, I can't really divulge too much of what's going on at work uh, because there's a lot of contractual stuff um, at bay and, you know, just a lot of, a lot of red tape uh, as far as podcasting goes. Right. <laughs> so not super serious. But what I will say is I cannot wait until we are done launching all of these NFL shows. I was under the assumption before starting this job that like there's like a super fan or there are, there are content creators all across America that would be more than happy to be on a national or a yeah, nationally syndicated network. Um, you know, you have a production staff, all of this dude, you know, I, it, this last couple of months have really shown me who the true fan bases are because there are some fan bases that should be ashamed of themselves. Jacksonville being one of them where like it is so difficult to track down people who want to do an Arizona Cardinals podcast, a Los Angeles Chargers podcast. <laughs> like there are some where you're really scratching your head like what's going on here? So I cannot wait until we're past it and then into the NBA because I know that my my contact book is pretty strong for the NBA and hopefully can can reel in some some big names. So that's what I'm focused on. Um yeah, that that that's all that I've got. I don't I don't know. That's it's a very boring time in my life, Matt. Well, it's the dog days of sports summer. Yeah, and the MLB trade lo- deadline just passed, so we're really, these are like the doggiest of dog days. Granted, like I said, NFL coming back, it's not all bad. And you'll be able to hear uh, a breakdowns of all NFL topics uh, wide and far. Some fantasy as well, most likely coming up in the coming weeks. You could find all of that on our YouTube page, Straight Facts, um, or on Twitter or Instagram, str8 underscore facts pod, uh, if you're looking for us. But that's all the time that we have for my guy, James Jackson, Stat Matt Robinson, our people over at Up On Game. Thank you again. This is Jake Alley, and these have been the facts. Straight up.